Hello, my friends. This is Paul Drockton, and this is The Bible Simplified, where we teach everything you could possibly want to know, not just about the Bible, but about the history around it, and, of course, about the doctrines and the prophecies and everything else. We make it simple. That's why this is The Bible Simplified. So today we're going to talk about uh, the two kingdoms that emerged after the death of Solomon. So Solomon, of course, as we know, uh, he basically... Uh, he went crazy as he got older, and his heart was led by his wives that he had to worship other gods. And one of the gods, of course, that he worshipped was Moloch. And he forced his son to uh, go through the fire, which means he basically slew his son uh, on Moloch's altar, which grievous sin, of course. Shedding innocent blood never ends well for anybody. And uh, as a result, God uh, chose Jeroboam to receive ten tribes of Israel and for Benjamin and Judah to remain with Solomon so he could fulfill his promise to David. So what happened is, is that when Rehoboam took the throne, the people came to him and said, look, you, you got, your dad has taxed us to death. If you ease the burden that he placed on our backs, we'll, we'll worship you forever. We'll stay with you forever. We'll be loyal to you forever. Now, Rehoboam uh, went to the wise men that his father had for counsel and they told him do what the people asked he then went to his friends he grew up with and they said make your tell the people you're going to make their burdens even greater than your father's and that's what he did so basically uh lord uh, uh told israel to basically uh, go with jeroboam and that's what they did so jeroboam had 10 of the tribes and they became the northern kingdom of Israel, the capital being at Samaria. And Jeroboam, of course, was an idolater. He forgot how the Lord had given him the kingdom. And he forgot that the, with the promise came the curse that if he ever rebelled against God, that the kingdom would rip from his hands. He would have no heirs to rule over it. So in spite of those warnings, he went ahead and he set up two golden calves to replace the temple at Jerusalem. And he told the people of Israel, this is your God, worship here. And then he got the lowest of the low and he made them priests. And in essence, just totally uh, gutting the church. And of course, uh, the whole goal was for him to get the people to worship him instead of God. And that really is always the goal, isn't it? When you get some kind of uh, egotistical psychopath, in charge he tries to turn the people's hearts away from god so they worship him and that my friends is the most vain and futile thing that we can do with our lives that's we should be turning people's hearts to god jeroboam had the opportunity he blew it and uh, as a result he suffered for it now rehoboam was plundered repeatedly by the egyptians so the wealth that his father had amassed was taken by the Egyptians. They basically uh, uh, conquered Judah. And not only that, Rehoboam decided that uh, he and Jeroboam should also fight it out. Never a good idea to fight a two-front war. So he, basically Judah became a shadow of what it was under David and under Solomon. And Israel, of course, became another minor, minor kingdom. And because they had rejected God, God basically rejected them. And 
God has always stated that if we want to rely on our own strength to fight our battles, then the Lord will leave us to our own strength. And there's no hope that we can win without his help because we're always outnumbered here in this life. Always remember that. You're never going to get a fair fight. If you're a good man, you're going to be... Your odds are going to be at least 100 to 1,000 to 1. If you're a great man, well, exponential, 10,000 to 1. And all I can tell you is that God is more powerful than all the armies of the earth. And he is the one that you want as your ally. And the big weakness that we have, mankind, is that, you know, we're, we're loyal to God when we need him. And then when we don't, we forget about him. And this really has been the human condition instead of, simply acknowledging his greatness all the time and admitting your nothingness before him all the time because i'm telling you right now if god were to appear right now and you were to stand in his presence not only would you shrink because of your own iniquities but also you would realize that you're not even worth the the, the time that he takes with you none of us are all of us are unprofitable servants my friends so why go from being an unprofitable servant to being a liability when really the only hope any of us have is with God and with Jesus Christ? So, a lot of lessons here, if you read through it. Remember that uh, one of the commandments the Lord had given to the children of Israel is don't marry outside of uh, the house of Israel. And of course, Solomon had broken that commandment, and so had uh, David. And if you take a look at the consequences... You know, it destroyed both their houses. And in the end, it always comes back to my will be done over thy will be done. And too many people spent too much time trying to persuade God that they have the better plan and they get mad at him when he doesn't support it. This is what we're going to do, okay, God? <laughs> that, my friends, is never, ever, ever a successful way to deal with your relationship with God. He knows everything. He's smarter than you. He's smarter than me. He's smarter than all of us. He's got the knowledge of the attorneys on his side. He's got everything before him. He knows what the past, the present, the future brings. He knows what's going to happen to you, not just in the next moment, but for the rest of your life here on earth. And believe me when I tell you, he loves you, he cares about you, and he wants what's best. Even if you can't see it. There's been so many times in my life where I've, I've been disappointed because something didn't happen that I thought would happen only to realize that God had something better in mind. And that's where we all just need to be, is we need to be like little children and believe that God knows more than we do. He knows best. And if he doesn't grant a prayer, it doesn't mean that he didn't listen. It simply means that maybe there's something better for you out there. That's why he's not going to give you what you asked for. Or maybe the thing that you asked for is something that will ultimately destroy you. I mean, let God be God. You know, we're, we're humans. We are his children. We do have divine potential. But remember, none of that means anything if we go out on our own and think that we can get through life just based off of our own intellect, our own physical strength, our looks, whatever you want to call it. All that stuff doesn't have any power. It doesn't have any real power with things that really matter. The only thing that has power, my friends, is faith. And that faith has to be in Jesus Christ and God the Father. And if you do have faith, then there really isn't anything you can't accomplish that he wants done. And just understand that uh, you're not going to win life 
by running it as if it were a popularity contest. This is Paul Drockton. This is the Bible Simplified. God bless. Have a great day.